What is up, everybody? It is P2W Fantasy. I'm joined by Chris Robin, and we are going to talk week one of the NFL season. I'm advanced now. I got a, a three-second clip added into the uh, the live streams. That's how we know that. Uh, uh, getting a little bit more big time these days, I guess. But That's uh, fantastic. You and me both. I love yeah. it. Um, growth, so, growth and support. Uh, Absolutely, as always. So here with uh, at Detroit Beastie, um, we're going to be live together pretty much every Tuesday unless something uh, weird happens uh, or something pops up in our schedules. But uh, the plan is go live with Chris on Tuesdays and we'll put the uh, this stream on the podcast uh, so you guys can download it if you miss it. But uh, Chris, how's it going, man? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Uh, normally, you know, when you have me on or somebody else has me on, I say it's a long time coming. Thank you. But, uh, we've grown close these last few months. Uh, so I can't say it's a long time coming, but I do appreciate, uh, you reached out, we chatted and we agreed that maybe it'd be cool if, uh, I came on with you every, every Tuesday during the season and, uh, discussed a, uh, a wide array of things being, one of which being uh, DFS each week on both uh, FanDuel and DraftKings. And we go from there. Rankings, projections, the works, anything you need early on a Tuesday. Yep. And uh, I mean, from a financial standpoint, uh, it was a good investment to get you on here. Uh, it you. took took some negotiations uh, between our people. But uh, no, uh, all, all good. So um, I thought uh, our schedule tonight, real simple. Uh so many question marks with some running backs um, going into week one. We're just going to touch on that briefly. Go over some uh, start and sit for each position. And then from there, we'll talk uh, who we think is going to be a, the hot rookie following week one, our favorite game, and then finish off with what time we have left. Uh, Chris talking about your uh, bottom of the barrel um, article. Uh, that you are going to be streaming out uh, weekly, correct? Absolutely. Every uh, it'll be published uh, every Monday. So in turn, we discuss publish it Monday. We talk about it Tuesday, and it's out for a full five to six days for the people to read and eat up before they they set their lineups on Sunday mornings. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, just got to make sure I show rocking the Austin Eckler jersey today. Uh, had a, enough to choose from. Went with him. Uh, that's my hot take of the season. Austin Eckler RB2, but uh, that's just going to be my hill until something goes downhill. But, uh, Chris, let's start off with some some backfields going into week one. Tons of question marks. We know um, Adrian Peterson, uh, we could start there, is now a Detroit Lion. Yes. Um, we know that uh, we've seen various reports come out. You know, Swift's a little banged up. Carry on Johnson still rocking the knee brace with Detroit. Who who do you foresee maybe taking week one the majority of the snaps, uh, or or how is that going to be divided? And uh, do you start any of those guys? Well, here's my thing. So given <clears throat> this is a great topic, I you sent me the, the the schedule ahead of time, thankfully, so I could you know get some notes down before we talked here this evening. Yeah. And every every running back situation you sent me in terms of teams, it, it's crazy, but it's it's fun and easily discussed here. So week one with the Detroit Lions, as you've said, 
Uh, Swift is buried on the depth chart as it stands now. He missed some time. I'm, I'm sure anybody that's watching this or will watch this is privy to that kind of information. AP is there, but he's only been there. It'll be a week to the day uh, when Sunday comes around. So I firmly believe carry-on is going to get the large bulk of the of the work in that not work but he's going to get uh the most carries in that backfield on sunday he's been our running back for this will be his uh third season now if i'm not mistaken he's young uh again there there was a a option or a chance that swift could have got into those carries week one is not going to be one of those days because he missed you know so much time had swift not been uh, a rookie had swift not been hurt but that stuff happened he is a rookie he was injured it's not threatening for the season but you miss those reps adrian peterson is a veteran as we all know he's a stud he knows what he's doing him and carry on are going to uh you know switch carries but i i firmly believe that carry on gets the most work in that backfield this week Got some guys checking in. Uh, our guy, uh, David. And uh, the icon, icon fitness, big fan of that. Um, I, I agree. I actually think uh, I'm not a big carry on Johnson fan. Uh, Anthony from P2W and I used to get into debates about him. Um, but I think this is going to be the biggest carry on week, in my opinion, uh, because I think Adrian Peterson, even though he's a vet, is still going to be. He's into it a little bit, but I don't think he's a guy that like can have a major issue with giving the touches right away because he's been uh, around the block about 15 times compared to some of these other guys, and he's the he's the veteran there. Uh, I'm still convinced that um, DeAndre Swift's going to be a great play, but later on in the season, uh, once right. he's uh, um, healthy and good to go, and I actually think Adrian Peterson. Um, being signed to Detroit makes a lot of sense from a standpoint of you got carry on Johnson. Who's like, what? 23, 24, 23. Yep. And Deandre Swift, who who, who was what? 21. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good move for them bringing in a a veteran. I also though, foresee this game uh, against the Chicago bears, even though some people are not high in the bears, I see the lions throwing the ball a lot and not really relying on the run too much. So in my opinion, I would probably, shy away from starting these guys unless you want to roll the dice on maybe carry on in the flex. Absolutely. Well said, you know, if they're going to throw a lot, you're going to want to got a big, strong guy in there to block. And it doesn't take a lot of time for a guy like AP to say, Hey, get in there with some pass protection. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be odd, but it's going to be fun to see how week one uh, pans out across the board, especially in this one. Yep, and uh, we got a comment here. AP chasing stats, I believe. Oh, well, maybe he's going to be trying to bump his way in there a little bit earlier. Um, sounds good with Detroit. I think we're on the same page. Uh, good luck to your good luck to your uh, your Lions there. Um, LA Rams, LA Rams. So one of the reports that came out said Malcolm Brown is the starter. Cam Akers obviously is the hot commodity for. Uh, most drafts, he's a rookie. Um, Daryl Henderson, I think, is banged up still, and I don't think he's going to be featured in this game. Uh, how do you foresee L.A. Rams week one? They're playing the Cowboys, correct? Yes, they're they're home against uh, the Cowboys. So another interesting one. What I find great about about week one here is we could talk about this till we're blue in the face mm-hmm. in terms in terms of backfields. And a large majority of us are going to look silly 
come Monday morning or a week from today when we rehash what we're saying right now in terms of who's going to get the carries and who's not going to get them. It's basically a roll of the dice here in uh, in L.A. when Dallas is in town. You have Cam Akers, the hot rookie commodity, as you put it, uh, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson. I don't know. I mean, I've looked and I've read stats and I've read practice reports. I follow all the beat writers and I've, I've studied this until I've been blue in the face. My face was as blue as my shirt about an hour ago. That's not good. And there's still no, no definite thing, right? There's still no, this guy's getting carries or we're going to split it 20, 20 and 20. However you want it, 33%, 33%, 30 equals 99.9999%, right? So it's all, it's all a roll of the dice, you know, but in this case, it's week one. I've seen a lot of, uh, of questions on social media. Well, you know what? I have uh, Nick Chubb, but uh, I don't know. Should I start Cam Akers? It's week one. Start your studs. You know, you're going to play who you drafted. If you drafted Cam Akers, uh, I don't have his ADP off the top of my head, but I'm almost fairly – I'm certain – that Cam Akers was drafted ahead of Malcolm Brown, ahead of Daryl Henderson. So given the given the opportunity in terms of your roster configuration, if you own Cam Akers, you're going to start him, and you're going to start him with confidence because he's going to be the guy there long-term. They drafted him. They let Gurley walk away. So uh, Cam Akers is going to get a large majority of the work all season for that team, and I firmly believe Cam Akers will get the most targets and touches in week one in L.A. And uh, I think I told you before we, we came on, cra- crazy day at work, left a uh, majority of the notes, but I, I do remember off the top of the head, looking at last year, I thought it was interesting when the Rams played the Cowboys, uh, Todd Gurley had 11 carries, oh. and I think he led the carries. So playing the Cowboys, who some might see as a team that's going to be tough this year, I, I wonder how many carries are actually will be, especially if it turns into a bit of a shootout. We know Jared Goff statistically over the last few years has been one of the top like three to five guys in passing attempts. This might be one of those games where he's going to throw the ball a lot and the running back might have to fall into the end zone uh, for those points in fantasy. So um, I know we're getting into some starts and sits. Uh, Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown for me, you know, we'll touch on some more guys later, but I think um, I'm going to avoid them uh, just because of the uncertainty for one. And then for two, I think the game script for the LA Rams is going to really involve the passing game versus, Hey, we're going to run the ball unless they're in a good opportunity in the red zone there. Absolutely. I was, I was under the assumption given the question I had to pick one to start. I mean, if, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. Gonna, I, you know, I'm not going to start any of them given the, given the draft capital, let's say that I paid for acres. He's probably my, RB3 or my RB4 on my team. If I'm stuck with Akers as my starting running back on my fantasy teams in week one, I'm probably in trouble to begin with. But I agree with what you're saying here. Uh, Dallas is, they're on the fast track to, you know, the divisional playoffs to the NFC championship game. Who knows? So uh, LA has the, the the parts and the pieces in terms of the, the passing game to hang with them. But when it comes to the running backs, uh, I'm steering clear. Uh, speaking of steering clear, we can just be brief about this one. Yes. Uh, the Jaguars, week one against the Indianapolis Colts. Are you going to roll the dice? Are you going to take a dart throw on anybody in that backfield? 
Uh, absolutely not. <clears throat> so given what they have now, they have James Robinson, the rookie, who uh, when the depth charts came out yesterday, I believe, in the evening this time uh, yesterday, they listed the rookie James Robinson as their RB1, and then followed behind him was Oxibo, uh, right? And uh, Chris Thompson is there, it, it, you know, if I if I got that correct. Uh, Raquel Armstead is back on the COVID list, so he's not going to be a, a factor in this game. Uh, to answer your question, if I had to pick one guy from this whole um, – wild backfield it's going to be the rookie james robinson and only for one reason because he's the rookie they liked what he did they have enough confidence in him to give him that you know that you're the rb1 at least on the depth chart so they're giving him some uh something to feed his ego let's say and uh, again another backfield where one guy could get five touches the next guy gets six and then you know, let's say James Robinson gets 12. So nobody's going to get a ton of work here, but because it's all going to be evenly distributed, but gun to my head, um, I'm going James Robinson, the rookie. Yeah, I think uh, if I really, really was in a pinch, maybe I am dealing with some injuries uh, and I need somebody in the flex position, I think I might take a chance on Chris Thompson in a PPR format, just hoping that uh, he's involved in the passing game right away because they're going to throw the ball a lot. And I think the Colts are going to, beat him up a bit, to be honest with you, week one. Um, some people think there might be an upset there, but I think that'd be my dart throw there. Just just thinking, hey, maybe maybe Thompson can walk away from this game with, you know, six catches somehow. Um, okay. Other other than that, yeah, I, I think on these other guys, it's, I think you'd really be trying to be cute a little bit to start one of them in, in, in your running back position. Yeah, James, uh, the, a James Robinson or a Chris Thompson play, uh, I know we'll get to the DFS at the end of it here, but yeah. they're both like minimum price, 4,500 bucks. I could see an instance where you put Chris Robinson uh, in in one of your running back spots and then it allows you to stack elsewhere. But again, it's getting cute and it's a major contrarian play. And we're talking like major tournaments where you're, you're facing 25,000 other people, other yeah. entries. So the uh, the last one I have here, Washington football team making sure I say that right uh, every time. Um, they listed, did you see who the starter was, apparently? I did, not. I did not. I think it was J J.D. McKissick. Oh, J.D. McKissick, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's their uh, on paper as of right now starter listed. I mean, these these depth charts change before the, you know, the, the weekends even come, but that's their projected starter right now. Um, how do you see Washington week one in the backfield? Do, do you see anybody being successful? Do you see one guy getting a majority of the touches? I, I know there's a lot of hype for the, the rookie Antonio Gibson, obviously, but uh, what, what are your thoughts here? So this one, uh, it doesn't confuse me. It doesn't baffle me. It just makes my head hurt, right? So you're, I, you're in the same group of people in terms of, of the fantasy football community on social media, more importantly, Twitter. And it's just been nonstop toxicity, this guy, that guy, my opinion's right, your opinion's wrong. And you got four guys here, McKissick, Gibson, Love, and uh, Barber, right, that are 
that are going to be dressing that are going to be starting here. Uh, the smart money is on Antonio Gibson. People have fallen in love with him in a very short amount of time. We've all seen the wild uh, trade questions and the uh, you know waiver wire ads that are already going on on social media. It's driving me crazy. If I had any hair, I'd probably pull it out. But uh, I'm not starting a single guy from this backfield. For the sake of the question, if I had to choose, it would probably be Antonio Gibson. Just for the simple fact, I could say, hey, I have him. After all the hype and all the talk on social media, I'm going to start him because it kind of be fun to watch him after I, I backed him up, you know, the last few weeks here. Uh, total, total fade for me in all formats across the board. Uh, J.D. McKissick was here in Detroit last season. He played well. He got some touches. He broke free for uh, – you know, a 20 yard uh, run, like a very exciting, I believe it was a 28 yard run, like down to the five or six uh, yard line for mm-hmm. field was nuts. The guy can play. Uh, they rewarded him on the depth chart, at least with the RB one, but I'm, I'm, it's a full fade for me in all formats with this backfield until we know how it shakes out. None of these guys hit, there was no preseason. They've just been, you know, fighting each other and running and tackling against each other. So I could see week one, uh, I haven't seen anybody mention week one could be, although it counts for the in the record books and the stats, you know, a team like Washington could use week one to just give all these guys, you know, one series on, one series off, one series on. And so, forth, and so first, so forth, just to see how it shakes out, because when you have four guys like this, all guys can play their professional running backs. Who do you got? Yeah, it's interesting to see if Bryce uh, Love is going to get some touches in there. He was a former Heisman finalist, you know, runner runner up, and uh, had a lot of expectations. I think his senior year he's banged up a little bit too. But uh, I think the uh, starter listed on the depth chart as of today, which again that's that's hearsay. I think he's going to get the least amount of touches. I I think Antonio Gibson gets a lot uh, because that's Rivera's guy. I mean, Rivera's throwing the CMC. You know, uh, name name next to him somehow, yeah. and uh, Bryce Love I think is is a guy that can play football. Has just been hurt for a while, so I think I really like what you said because I was thinking the same thing. I can uh, see them just throwing out random plays that suit Love and Gibson, and here's one for for Peyton Barber, and just seeing how it it plays out because at the end of the day, they're not going to win the game on the run anyways. True. So uh, everybody does it. QBs. Running backs, wide receivers, tight end, in that order. We're going to have to uh, look into some start and sits. And, and I know, you know, some of us, we're in 15 different leagues and we're pretty set on this guy's going to start for me every week or this guy should be starting, you know, against a good uh, matchup, things like that. But start and sits are very important to some people who, who don't play in a lot of leagues and uh, don't dive in deep. So um, looking into week one, we can start with quarterbacks. Who's a big time start for you uh, that you can see going into week one? Well, I've I've recently I've had no opinion about this guy throughout his career, but I've really uh, fallen in love. It's like you know when let's say you're in a long term relationship and it's just ho hum, and you move on to another relationship and it's it's new, it's shiny. You know, there's no BS for the time being. And I'm talking about Cam Newton this week uh, in New England, home. Miami comes comes into town and <clears throat> New England is um, they're a six and a half point favorite at home. Miami's coming in town. Miami has long been bottom of that division. Uh, New England's just 
it hasn't been close for a lot of seasons. New England's gone on to win the Super Bowl how many times, right? And I don't think New England misses a beat, at least this week, when Miami is in town. Uh, Cam Newton is their shiny new toy, as I've said, in uh, bottom of the barrel. They're facing a Miami defense that is ranked 30th overall against the pass. So Cam Newton's been in town for uh, not a quite a long time, but enough time. Guy's got a smart uh, football IQ. I think he roasts uh, Miami at home this week. I like that pick a lot. Um, I had a short list of guys and, and then just narrowed it down a bit. But uh, I think this is a huge, you know, statement game for Cam, like a I'm, I'm back sort of thing. I mean, we, we all saw the hype videos. He's got a big chip on his shoulder. He's working out the Bible, uh, you know, music and, and, and he's in the street uh, jogging, doing things late night, talking to whoever's filming him. But uh, I think this is a big statement. Hey, I'm on a new team. You guys forgot about me. I'm going to ball out. And I think he has the perfect opportunity in a game that is not going to challenge him as much as some of these other games will going in. So I like that a lot. Um, I wrote down uh, for mine, I wrote down two two different guys, and I juggled it a little bit. Um, but uh, I'll start with uh, Big Ben. Um, I think I think Big Ben historically has been a guy that's a big-time gunslinger, which has uh, played out pretty good in fantasy. Um, he's not, he's, he's like almost like that Jameis Winston kind of player. Not that I'm going to compare him to him, but just the type of guy that's going to throw the ball and, and really not have any hesitations to go deep and go downfield. And I think against the giants this weekend, um, having, uh, you know, Juju's healthy Deontay Johnson, a lot of people like a lot, James Washington and, and Claypool might be in some sort of mix there. And then Eric Ebron's, uh, there for some potential red zone targets. I, I like big Ben. Um, against the Giants because I think the Giants are really going to push them. And, and, and when a team pushes them, you know, we've seen an improved Giants uh, over the past year. You know, maybe the record doesn't always show, but um, if this team's going to push them and Daniel Jones is going to have a little bit of a pushback in the passing game, I think we're going to see the big Ben that we're used to where he's going to be a gunslinger and have the, the, the weapons and the options to be successful week one. So I like big Ben. Any objections there? Absolutely not. I, I, I firmly, uh, I stand with you on the, on the big Ben start. I'm, I'm not a big, uh, Tyrod Taylor guy. Um, have, haven't, you know, been in the past, but, uh, I kind of like, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I kind of like him versus the Bengals a little bit too, because, you know, talking about Cam with a chip on his shoulder, I think Tyrod Taylor is going to be playing for the longevity of his season. So I think week one is going to be important to him with Justin, you know, Herbert, standing creepily right behind his shoulder. So that's another interesting one. Um I wrote down. What what about uh what about some sits? Some guys stand out to you uh that you would avoid this week maybe due to the matchup or due to recent news, whatever the case could be. Yeah, my the one guy that I that I think the most and it's a shame is Sam Darnold uh for the Jets this weekend. Uh they're going to Buffalo on Sunday and Buffalo is the fifth ranked overall defense as it stands now in terms of overall defense running passing and I've been a I've been on the Sam Sam Darnold I've been in his on his team in his camp whole offseason I think the the kid takes a big step forward and it's a tough task first first game of the year in Buffalo against a team like that who has uh, playoff, dare I say, Super Bowl aspirations this year in the Bills. So Sam Darnold, it's going to be tough sledding for him. So I'm going to sit him. And I know you might ask yourself, well, that's not, you know, 
he wasn't drafted high or wasn't a sexy pick, but he's a young kid that he's been in the conversation. If you're like me, I wait on quarterbacks in my seasonal fantasy football drafts, right? So if you've waited on, on quarterbacks like I do, Sam Darnold is that kind of uh, area where I draft a quarterback, him or Tannehill, let's say. Mm -hmm. So uh, Sam Darnold is a sit for me this week. I like his long-term aspirations. It's just a really tough task on Sunday in Buffalo. Yeah, no, no, uh, no debate there. I, I'm another guy who is a little bit higher on Sam Darnold than some others, but I think uh, that week one's going to be a little bit tough for him, especially missing some of his receiving core. I mean, Mims is still hurt. Uh, I think Perryman's a bit banged up. Not sure if he's going to be ready. So, I mean, you're really going to bank on him with Chris Herndon against the Bills defense that did excellent against tight ends. Uh, this past season, and that's a great defense. So I, I agree there. And I have, we have no idea what the heck Gase is up to in terms of Frank Gore, uh, Lavian Bell. We don't know what the heck this guy's going to do. People have been calling for his head already after saying Frank Gore's looks fantastic and showing no love to Lavian Bell. So who knows what the heck is going on? It's as I said moments ago. It's week one. You know, we really have no idea. Yeah, I. Uh... I wrote down two guys going to both briefly here, but uh, the first one I did was uh, Baker Mayfield against the Ravens, which get a lot. I'll probably get a lot of pushback for that, but uh, for a guy who struggled a bit last year, I, I think I think this season he he has a lot in his favor in terms of what shaped around him. I think they slightly improved their offensive line, and you know you can contribute some things to Freddie Kitchens. I, I won't, but some, you know some people do. But for a guy that Went 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. So kind of flip of the coin last year, QB 20, to play a Ravens defense that I think could be the number one defense this year. Um, and, and also Lamar Jackson in a, in a run-heavy team that's going to be on the field a lot. I think it might be one of those Baker weeks where he struggles a bit. I mean, say say what you want about maybe OBJ's at 100%. They got Austin Hooper, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, you know, one-two punch on the field. but. I think facing maybe the best defense, maybe a top three defense, and then a team that's going to be on the field running the ball and, and milking the clock and you know scoring a lot of points, I think it's not going to be in Baker Mayfield's favor for me this week. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Uh, looking at my week one rankings, not projections, just my rankings, uh, I find him hard-pressed to get out of the, you know, I have him around 19 or 20 overall in terms of, of my quarterback rankings this week. And uh, uh, I don't know how I missed it in terms of the question, you know, prior to the broadcast, but that is, that's even tougher than Darnold and Buffalo this week to me, as you said, I couldn't have said it any better. Buffalo is very strong on both sides of the ball. And I think they're going to, you know, try and hang their head on their defense. That's long been, you know, their go-to. So having such a stud dynamic quarterback like Lamar Miller, they're not used to that. Let's say they're, they're, they love it. They're going to run with it, but they've always hung their hat on, on a stud defense and it only got better in the draft this season. Yep. Yep. So I think we're on the same page right there. The other one, what's your thoughts on this? So I'm just going to let you know what my thinking was and tell me if I'm off and we can just be brief about that. But uh, we already talked a little bit about the Colts versus the Jaguars. What do you, what do you think about Rivers being a bit of a sit, even though he's playing what a lot of people will say is an easy defense? My mindset is that the Colts are going to be very 
manage and win game orientated. And, and now we have a stud rookie, Jonathan Taylor, but also Marlon Mack, who I don't think they'll be afraid to run into the ground. You, you're a IDP guy. They have like studs on that side of the ball between Darius Leonard and other guys. Um, that's going to be a team that I think playing a Jaguars bunch that might be struggling. Maybe Rivers is going to be a big time game manager week one and rely on the run. We're having to chuck the ball downfield against a Jaguars team that, you know, is probably banking on Trevor Lawrence at this point or, or something along those lines. But uh, what, what's your thoughts about game script for Phil Rivers? I, to me, Phil, Phil is a, is a start for me this week, you know, okay. in terms, in terms of DFS, he's cheaper than most. He's in the bottom percentage and in, in, as far as quarterbacks are going, but in a real life sense, uh, Indy is they're giving Jacksonville eight points, you know, and some people, they don't pay too much mind to the over-unders and the, and the projections in terms of games. But I use that a lot in terms of my seasonal fantasy, you know, starts and sits and projections on a, on a per game basis. I think Phil Rivers is good for two touchdown passes on Sunday, maybe even three, right? They get up a couple touchdowns and then, you know, you mentioned game script, they get up a couple touchdowns right off the bat and then they feed Taylor and Mac the rest of the game, you know, get, you know, in an odd way, just uh, talking as I'm thinking in an odd way, let's get up quick. And then let's let the boys, you know, let's let the running back guys, you know, figure it out, see where they can fit in. So uh, look for Taylor and Mac to get each 10 plus touches after Rivers uh, gets them up. Let's safe to say big 17 points by the third quarter. Now I could see I, I could see both routes there. And I think that's cool to think about that. You can really see it one way or the other. Um, but yeah. All right. So that's quarterbacks. Let's go to running backs. And, and I'll start us off with my start of the week here. Um, I like Josh Jacobs versus the Carolina Panthers. I think the Carolina Panthers is another defense that is going to struggle this year. I like, uh, I like Lynn Bowden um, departing the Raiders as a guy who rosters Josh Jacobs. I thought that could have been a guy who was going to be a sneaky pass catcher for them. Um, I think Josh Jacobs is going to show us that uh, Gruden is not BSing with his uh, talk about getting him involved in the passing game. And I think, uh, Jacobs year two is going to be very, very good starting week one against this Panthers defense. So I, I'm big on Jacobs uh, as a big time start. I love Austin Eckler this week. That's my number one guy. Uh, hey. Nice jersey. I think he's going to go absolutely wild in Cincinnati this week. Uh, looking at my notes, Cincinnati is ranked 23rd overall against the run. Uh, as you know, there's only 32 teams in the NFL. So at 23, that's pretty low for that. Right. So as you said, Tyrod comes in with a chip on his shoulder trying to prove a prove a point. Uh, there's there I've I've found no in between on social media in terms of I love Austin Eckler. I don't want anything to do with him. There's no well, he can be. No, it's either I'm all in on him or I don't want to draft him. He's going to prove to us week one why we shouldn't have faded him, why we should have drafted him, why we should have sent offers for him. So Austin Eckler, I'm all in on this week in Cincinnati. And I have no objections there, especially with the the bold takes I've been writing on uh, regarding Austin Eckler. So, uh, sit. Um, I'm going off of something you said already. Uh, that's what I had wrote down, so I'm, I'm rolling with it. But Le'Veon Bell, big time to me, is going to be a sit. Um, not just because the Bills, again, we talked about the Bills defense, are going to be great. But uh, as you noted before, you know, Frank Gore sounds like the the – 
shiny object to Adam Gase for whatever reason. It's like uh, it's like when you go to the the like the shed or something like that, your your parents' house, and you're digging something out, and you find like your old scooter, and it's still nice and shiny, even though it's like 30 years old, and and you just ride it, you know. And that's like what I think Adam Gase sounds like like he's rolling with right now, and that's. That's the most, you know, off the top of my head metaphor I can even think of. But uh, Lev Bell, I, I I don't know what to think about him going into this week one. And nothing sounds good. I, we, I saw one good camp video of him lining up as like a wide receiver. That's about it. He's tweeting stuff and he's not super happy. So that's a big sit for me. I I love Le'Veon Bell, right? He played at Michigan State. I'm not a Michigan State guy, but I got to see him a lot during his college career here in Michigan, in Ann Arbor. And then he went to Pittsburgh, and he was fantastic. That that stop, this dead stop behind your offensive lineman, you know, the patience, it's yep. all there. And it's it's just it's baffling to me how you can pay a guy like this or bring in a, a talent like Le'Veon Bell, and then you let your dummy coach just, you know, talk this way. Maybe it's a long con. Gase in that organization has been has been playing us all season. In week one, he's going to get 30 touches and he's going to shove it down their throats. I don't know, but until proven otherwise, I'm with you. I'm 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 going to sit Le'Veon Bell. Who's uh who's your sit? Uh Kenyon Drake in Arizona. They're Arizona, the Cardinals are going to San Francisco on Sunday. San Francisco's defense is top notch. They're actually they're they're third ranked third overall in terms of the run and uh drake is going to have uh a tough job ahead of him and the you know i could i could let go or or ignore some of this stuff some of the stats and everything but you know i i've i've been big on leaving or excuse me kenyon drake all season but week one is not the time and you might say, well, you're contradicting yourself. You drafted him. And well, if you drafted him, you probably have him as your RB1 or RB2, more importantly. So you're going to want to start him. I'm just saying, temper your expectations here in San Francisco, right? He, he came from Miami. He had a, a solid, a more than solid eight game stretch last season for Arizona. They paid him. He's their guy. But week one in San Francisco is, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. It's not uh, not doesn't bode well for his uh, his uh, you know project, project predictions projections there. Yep, especially with uh, not really knowing where he's at. You know, in terms of uh, being a hundred percent, being ninety percent, is he eighty percent right now? You know, the the walking boot blew up Twitter for you know two hours or whatever the case is. But Forty uh, ers defense, no joke either. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Cardinals operate week one. Um, jumping over to wide receivers, give me, uh, I mean, there's an infinite amount of guys we could be talking about right now, but give, give me a, a start or two, whatever you want to talk about. So the game I'm going to mention, I'm starting any and all people from the Seattle at, at Atlanta game on Sunday. One guy he's a, who's a huge start for me is DK Metcalf, uh, sophomore, sophomore season. He's coming in after scoring, uh, he had a, a ton of touchdowns last season as a rookie. Everybody's always talking about Tyler Lockett. Everybody's on Tyler Lockett, but I firmly believe that DK pulls ahead very early in the season to be that alpha, that wide receiver one uh, in Seattle. So Atlanta, they're 17th ranked. Their defense is 17th overall ranked against the pass. Uh, I have the over under in this game is almost 50 points. So you're looking at 25 points 
on each end. Plenty of points to go around, both on the ground and uh, and in the air. So DK Metcalf is, without a shadow of a doubt, a huge start for me this week. I have no objections to that uh, either. And um, a lot of people say he's going to be their wide receiver one. Some people think that it's going to be Tyler Lockett. But uh, we have a question about it right now. Does Seattle throw the ball enough for DK to be a consistent starter week in and week out? Well, Detroit, Dave, thank you for the question, guy. And does Seattle throw – they throw the ball just enough. This could be your neighbor right here, man. Yeah, he's great. He's he's from the city. Uh, we've talked before. I've been on his uh, on his broadcast uh, once cool. or twice. Cool. We have each other's back in terms of other trolls and things of that nature. So I'm glad he's here. I didn't know he was here. So to answer your question, Detroit, Dave, uh, does Seattle throw the ball enough? Well, yes and no. They do exactly what they need, and their game script is always perfectly planned. Pete Carroll is one of the, the better coaches in the NFL, if not you know top 20, top 50 coach of all time. They have Carson Wentz. Carlos Hyde is backing them up. Lockett, Metcalf. And we know Russell Wilson likes to throw to the tight end. Who do they have now? They have Greg Olson and Will Disley. I don't think either one of them are like a huge factor in week one. As I've said, week one is going to be strange for all teams trying to work out what they want to do, their player personnel, things of that nature. But there's certain guys on teams across the board that need to be fed, that need the ball. And DK is one of those guys. I don't think Russell Wilson hesitates to get uh, DK a deep ball two, maybe three times in this one. But what's the harm in DK getting a couple 10, 15-yard, 20-yard out routes, like three or four of them, in a game? So I could see a, a, a case where DK, 100 yards and a touchdown week one right off the bat, and it's going to make all these uh, Tyler Lockett people look pretty silly. I know it's only week one, so you can't really uh, take a victory lap, as people on social media call it. But, yep. again, I, I'm, I'm holding firm on my stance that DK Lockett – will make himself known as that alpha wide receiver one in Seattle fairly soon this season. Uh, talked about the Cowboys-Rams game potentially being a big shootout uh, earlier. Um, and when I think of a, a game that's going to have a lot of passing attempts, and I think about having a large focus on two guys with that third guy, maybe seeing a ton of freed-up space, I like CeeDee Lamb this week. I, I think I think he is going to be very sneaky in the sense that it's going to be his NFL premiere. Um, again, we we all love rookies, and he particularly wasn't one uh, wasn't my you know rookie wide receiver one out of this class. But I think each week it, it might not be the case where you're going to start CeeDee Lamb. Uh, maybe it is, but I think against the, the Rams, if Dak Prescott's got to throw the ball. 30 times or something like that because it's a high-scoring game. I think most of the attention is going to be on Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, which is going to free up a lot of field space for CeeDee Lamb, and I think he could sneak in and maybe have a a, a two-touchdown game or something like that. So I, I like CeeDee Lamb, even though, you know, I was looking earlier on my ESPN app, and I'm on, like, Yahoo and Sleeper and all that other stuff. But CeeDee's projected, like, nine or something like that, and uh, I can definitely see him uh, – booming this week as far as his uh, output goes fair enough I, I that's a nice it's a nice strategic move there right because like as you said everyone's on Amari Pooper they're on Gallup you know those are the two guys that everyone wants I mean we both know that uh, C.D. Lamb he's no secret he was drafted in the top 10 in, in terms of rookie drafts and even in seasonal drafts as early as round five 
and, and six, let's say. So he's one of those guys where obviously he was drafted in 100% of leagues, but if you own C.D. Lamb, if you did it right, you own a bunch of other guys that deserve to be started more wide receiver ones and twos that you're more comfortable starting. So a guy like him, a lot of people they're going to leave on the bench and like the wait and see approach. Let's see what happens and go from there. Maybe week one, right off the bat, get him in your starting lineup and then you never have to take him out the rest of the season. Yep. Got a Trey here. What is up fellas? Love the show, Nick. Appreciate that, man. Good guy right there. Uh, the other guy I wrote down, um, just because I can see him having a big, like, eight, nine catch game, is uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, I like Terry McLaurin a lot this season. And uh, on a team that we still have no idea who their wide receiver two and three is, is their tight end going to be good? Terry McLaurin is going to have a huge uh, target volume, especially early on until they really develop who's the next set of pieces, I think. So especially with that shortened uh, offseason, um, I think it's going to be tough for them to really establish who, who else is going to be very involved consistently in that system. So I like I'm Terry. with you there. Terry's going to see a ton of offensive snaps. Uh, it'd be hard-pressed for him to come off aside from, you know, when they're punting. He's going to be on the field for – you know, 80% of the offensive snaps in the, in the first game, he might be on for 90, 95% of the offensive snaps. And we know in terms of fantasy football opportunity equals production and they go hand in hand. So Terry's yeah. on the, Terry's going to be on the field a ton. As you said, who do they got? Uh, Steven Sims, Dontrell Inman, the rookie Gandy Antonio Gandy golden. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he's the guy there. I have no, uh, I love that pick. All right, what about a sit this week? Who, who's somebody that you uh, would maybe hesitate plugging into your lineup? Uh, I don't like any of the Miami Dolphins wide receivers. Uh, so more importantly, Devontae Parker. He uh, he missed some time recently. I really didn't read up on it. I, I do believe that he's going to start this week, but they're in New England again last season. Uh, that's really all we have to go on. So New England is first ranked first overall in terms of team defense as it stands now. So I don't see, I don't see Parker and Preston Williams, even Mike Gusecki getting, getting a ton done there uh, this week. Again, New England is a, is a favorite. They're projected to score about 25, 26 points where Miami is only at about 15 or 16 points. So who do those go to? Is it switched between Howard and Brita? You know, so uh, Devonte Parker, he's a sit for me this week. The funny thing is, um, and we touched briefly about maybe some notes before, but I actually wrote down Preston Williams is mine. And the reason being is that I actually like Preston Williams a lot, and I think he's going to be one of those second-half studs. But uh, I think it was week 9 or 10 last year with that ACL tear. I, I don't foresee him being 110% ready week one of this NFL season. I think he's going to be on the field a lot. I think there's a chance he can have a decent game. but I mean, rehabbing and being in an NFL camp versus being on a field where it's an actual game week one, we're going full at it, like, you know, all in, all, you know, all in, all out sort of thing. I think Preston Williams coming off that knee injury, I, I don't see him being like the elite guy we saw at glimpses last year um, with the target share that, uh, he will be maybe later on in the season for Miami. So uh, I know we're, you know, talking about the same sort of thing right there, but uh, both, both instances make sense to me. Um, 
let's move on to the tight ends. Uh, the I wrote down um, as far as tight ends go, and uh, it's in our, our favorite conference over here, but I got Irv Smith Jr. against the uh, Green Bay Packers. And the reason I have uh, Irv Smith Jr. is not just camp talk, but the camp talk's been good. He's been lining up um, pretty much everywhere, uh, not just tight end. He's been lining up outside a little bit. We saw last season as a rookie, he almost split with the catches and the targets with Kyle Rudolph. There's reports saying they want to involve him more. But more so, the reason I like him a lot week one is because reports came out from camp, and it could just be camp talk, but B.C. Johnson has been outperforming Justin Jefferson. So the fact that Justin Jefferson is not a clear-cut wide receiver, too, I don't have any faith. No, I mean, no offense to B.C. Johnson, but I don't have tons of faith in B.C. Johnson. So if, if it's like a toss-up, game one, B.C. Johnson, Justin Jefferson, they're both going to be on the field here, here and there. Neither one's going to be a main target. I think that just screams to me, hey, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith Jr. are going to get a lot of targets week one just because that offense is comfortable with them too. And uh, before I keep going here, when is Chris going to start wearing jerseys from Anthony? As soon as I, my, my the check clears that you sent me for our for our agreement for and our contract that I'm on every Tuesday night here. Well, if uh, so once if the check from, clears, I, I'm going to uh, purchase a few. If it's from Anthony, though, you're you're probably gonna have to rely on getting like a, a youth like large or something like that. It's a little bit <laughs> of a budget right there, but okay. uh, yeah. So Smith Junior is my my big time start for me. Sure. So I, my start big time for me is Dallas Goder in. Uh, for Philadelphia this weekend in Washington. Again, the Washington uh, football team, they project to be really bottom of the barrel here, not to play, not a play on my DFS article, but they're not going to be good. And Dallas Goder was one of my, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of my little, one of my, my best kept secret, let's say. I had a conversation with people on Twitter months ago saying that Dallas Goddard is going to be that tight end one in Philadelphia before no time. And people raked me over the coals for it. Now look what's going on. They don't want to pay Ertz because he's, he's older. He's got a lot of tread on his tires. Uh, I said this months ago, and I'll say it again here, you know, they, they're going to get Dallas Goddard, Goddard in there a lot more than people think in two tight end sets, even maybe flank him out as a wide receiver. They want to see what they have. In, well, they already know what they have in him, but they want him to get more familiar. They want him in game action so they can feel more comfortable letting Ertz walk. I know we're talking on, on a week one basis, but long term, you have to think big picture sometimes to focus on, you know, on a short term basis. So Godert this week is a full goal for me, and I'm not thinking twice. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either because I think right now the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two is him and Zach Ertz. And then the wide receiver three is Deshaun Jackson. And I made a joke of that earlier on Twitter um, because that's really what they're lining up and looking at. Um, so no no argument there for me. Uh, my big avoid this week is going to be Darren Fells, uh, tight end for the Texans because last year he had some games where he had – two targets and two touchdowns or one, one target and, and one touchdown. And he had some okay weeks. Uh, the target volume and the receptions are not high. We've heard, you know, reports of Atkins might be involved and some people want to, you know, go with Cahill wearing the younger guy over there, even though Fells just got an extension. Um, I don't think he's part of the plan uh, as far as target share. I think uh, if it's cooks and fooler healthy, 
especially week one. We're banking on them both being healthy week one. If them two are healthy and Randall Cobb, I, I don't see Fells having any sort of uh, um, role there. And we got a comment. I think what you said earlier, Von Miller out for the season. It's yes. topic, but yeah, big, that's actually huge news. Uh, but yeah, who um who would you say is your avoid tight end? Evan Ingram uh, this week for the the Giants. Uh, they're playing <clears throat> just in front of me here. They're playing. They're home against Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh has one of the one of my most favorite defenses going you know in terms of the their de- individual defensive players there but Ingram is another guy who I want to see do anything before I give my stamp of approval if my stamp of approval means anything right but Evan Ingram Evan Ingram is he's a good tight end he's shown you know flashes of being a stud but he can never put it together because he's always uh getting uh, derailed by injuries. So week one, let's see what he's about. Uh, that this isn't like a a full fade for me with Evan Ingram. This is a personal issue. Let's say I'm <laughs> I'm I'm sitting him until he until he proves that you know he's he is what everybody says he is. Yeah, Mike jumping on says what's up, Nick and Chris. You guys are awesome, and he loves the Goddard take. All right, what's up, Mike? Thanks. Uh, uh, we'll go into these last two topics briefly here. Um, we've all been uh, talking about rookies in very different ways. Some guys um, weigh some rookies like Edwards Hilaire is going uh, at an elite level in drafts, you know, number six guy off the board in, in startups and things like that. Um, oh, we, I think I skipped one and you skipped over mine. Love you guys. Keep grinding. Appreciate it, brother. All right. Uh, so a lot of us have different takes on rookies. Uh, rookie fever is a thing for a lot of people. I, you know, I'm guilty of uh, being very high in some of these rookies. It was a great class, um, one of the deepest wide receiver classes in a long time with some stud running backs. Uh, Joe Burrow, Tua. There's a lot of big names. Um, week one, at the end of week one, who do you think is going to be the the hot rookie um, following the week? Just no, no surprise. It's going to be Jonathan Taylor for me, uh, playing home against Jacksonville. I think they, they give him some run and he proves to us why he was drafted in our fantasy drafts, you know, pretty high in rookie drafts, a top three pick. Right. And then in, in our other seasonal overall drafts, he was a third, fourth round kind of guy when, uh, when all was said and done. So Jonathan Taylor and not to skip ahead, but that game might be my favorite one of this week, Indianapolis and Jacksonville. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll say say mine after. It's not the guy I pick, but uh, I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. Uh, I I picture him against the Titans, even though it's a tough group. Um, I picture him having like an 8-9 catch game. Um, I think he got an early connection with Drew Locke. I know Cortland Sutton is uh, being a little bit slept on right now, but I can see Jerry Judy having a massive uh, week one. Um, My favorite game, I think, is just going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the uh, Saints. I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees probably for the last time ever, um, you know, due to the circumstances of maybe Brees being on his last season or, you know, schedule come next season. But uh, I think you're seeing two Hall of Famers go at it maybe for the last time. So that's going to be my favorite game of the week. Um, how about uh, how about a headline following the week? After the week, this is this is a big headline on Twitter, ESPN, it's on the sleeper app. You know, give, give me one. 
Um, let's say James White carries the load, uh, trounces, drowns the Dolphins. He's going to go absolutely nuts this week. James White, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say three total touchdowns, uh, two receiving a rushing touchdown, a hundred yards. Cam Newton finds his toy like he had in uh, Carolina with CMC. It clicks and it happens really quick here for those two in New England and James White just delivers. I like it. I like it. Mine's going to be Big Ben and Juju connection is back. And I think week one, you know, Juju had such a bad year last year. He was hurt. You know, when he was healthy, he had me and you throwing him the ball. So he wasn't very good either. Big Ben was out for pretty much the season after, I think, the first game. So I think week one with all these doubts about Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, Big Ben, is he washed up? Is he able to throw like he used to? I think they say Big Ben and Juju to come back. Something along those lines in week one. Um, We'll take a quick question here. I got Devontae Parker on my bench for week one, just came out an injury and facing Gilmore. Debating starting Antonio Gibson over him in flex at flex, non-PPR. Would you do it, Chris? Absolutely, yes. Okay, all right. I, I don't have too much of an opposition to that right I here. mean, let, let's let me just say this real quick. There, I have no statistical analy- you know, analysis in front of me, but the Gibson hype train has been crazy. Uh, why are you going to leave him on the bench week one? What we're doing here is try to have fun. We're talking, we're interacting with 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 each other. You got Antonio Gibson, start him. If you're that down and out about Parker, which I am because of the matchup, I'm rolling with Gibson, and I'm not thinking twice. All right, yeah. And you'd hate hate to see all like the 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 highlights and everybody saying, "I told you so, I told you so," for you to bench That's the it. guy. Yeah, I I don't have any. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. So, um, getting close to the hour mark here, so I wanted to make sure. Chris, take the mic. Talk us about some DFS. So, so we don't talk particularly like a ton about it, but it kind of does go hand in hand with fantasy because you're talking about guys that poor, perform well, and you can relate like a price tag to maybe an ADP or something like that. So, fantasy football and uh, like DFS go hand in hand, in my opinion. So, talk us through what you work on, what you put out every week, and who's some names on there. Sure, absolutely. So my my big DFS article throughout the season will be, it's called Bottom of the Barrel, just like Hot Pucking Stacks was for NHL. Bottom of the Barrel is that same thing for NFL here. Bottom of the Barrel was that where it all started for me. That was the first DFS article uh, I ever uh, wrote and had published and picked up steam and had followers. And it, it's fairly simple. If anybody you know plays DFS both on FanDuel and DraftKings, you know there's a cap. In terms of football, on FanDuel, you have $60,000 to, you know, put a team together. And for the sake of the argument, if you look at it, Patrick Mahomes is $9,500. So you can put him at quarterback, but then it cuts in, it cuts into your, your money. Christian McCaffrey is an even $10,000. So it'd be nice to have a roster of Patrick Mahomes, Michael Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, but you cannot enter that lineup because of the cap. That's the genius of yep. what FanDuel and DraftKings are doing. So everybody's always talking about who to start. I want Christian McCaffrey. I want Saquon Barkley. What about those cheap, low-owned guys that you that you have to get in there that are going to help your lineup pop? A guy, a running back who's, you know, 4500 bucks like Boston Scott is this week against Washington. He's 4900 bucks. 
you can stack Boston Scott with McCaffrey and get Patrick Mahomes in there because if you look at the, the winning lineups and in, in the big tournaments that win you big cash, they have those studs. Everybody in the world knows who to start in terms of, of the good football players. It's those low-owned guys, those cheap guys to fit in with your studs. So uh, read bottom of the barrel. Let me do the work. Let me help, you know, get those low-owned guys for you. And as I've said, it's going to be out and published Sunday night, early Monday, and you'll have all week to to read it, to dissect it, to print it, give to your friends. And the kicker, I always do a sample lineup at the end of the article, one right. for FanDuel, one for DraftKings. And I will update as the week goes through, and then I will give everybody a free line Sunday morning when everybody's going nuts trying to figure out who to play, what kind, you know, Come come follow me on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. Let me do some of the hard lifting for you, and let's have a nice, good, prosperous football season together. Do you demand any sort of cut if anybody hits big on on uh, these plays? Absolutely not. That would be right. that would be that would be weird. That would uh, my integrity and my dignity would uh, would be out the window. I All love. Right. I love writing just as much as you love winning money. So I'm writing and loving it. You're winning money and loving it. We can form one happy union. Perfect. Perfect. I was just checking about that one right there. Um, cool. Cool. So uh, we have our first game Thursday. Then we got games rolling into Sunday. I think we've all been waiting what feels like two, three years for football again uh, in a world that we had no sports for a little bit. So uh, very excited about the weekend. Um, first, you just said it like, 42 seconds ago, but um, make sure uh, you tell us where we can fo follow you, find you, what sort of stuff you got going on. Um, I know you're super active on Twitter. I'm going to post this to the uh, podcast where they can't see um, our pretty faces, so I want to make sure that they can hear it at least. Sure. Yeah, on Twitter, at Detroit Beastie, all my DFS content and things of that nature exclusively on DFSCheatSheet.com. In my rankings, uh, my seasonal rankings, and my rankings week to week, you can now find them on Fantasy Pros. Great, that's awesome. That's that's big time right there. So you got uh, you got some you got some expectations now to you though, because I you know I I post some rankings on you know the P2W website, and uh, that compared to posting them on Fantasy Pros, that's two different sets of expectations. So uh, best of luck with that. I can't wait. I'm up for the challenge. Let's uh, I know we're all friends and everything, but I'd really like to bury some of these analysts in terms of, you know, overall seasonal rankings. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, uh, Chris, um, thanks again for coming on. We're going to be doing this every week. Uh, this will be posted on Wednesdays for, you know, iTunes and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, that was a good session there going into week one. We're both very excited. Um, this is Nick from P2W Fantasy. Uh, wishing everybody a good first week um, with your uh, with your matchups. So just going to be logging off right there. See you guys.